Who here has kids? You, your kids are gonna die. Yours too, yours too. Hey, just saying, they're all gonna die and their kids will die and so on and so on. And then there's gonna be one big, one big tectonic shift. Yosemite will blow and the Western plates will shift and the oceans will rise, the mountains will fall and 90% of humanity will be gone. One fell swoop, this is just science. Welcome to Is It Really, the podcast that challenges popular opinions about movies. I'm B. I'm Z. And I'm Because <laughs> it's a I knew you were going to do something. I yeah. knew you were going to do it's something. He's always got a little bit in his back pocket. And tonight we're eating some pie, watching a ghost story, and asking, what? Sorry, that's really good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Mitch, will you give us the synopsis for a ghost story, please? Absolutely, of course. <clears throat> a dead man returns as a ghost to his home, and now he has to observe the life he knew and the woman he loves slip away. I am a ghost, and this is my story. <laughs> well, just Good. getting things kicked off here, we are still continuing on this favorite movie series where we... Uh, watch and address the you know favorite movies of the hosts of this podcast and this is zach's favorite movie and the first question we want to ask is why zach is this your favorite movie (laughs) so this one comes with a a bit of a story i went one night and i saw the movie atomic blonde and it really put a bad taste in my mouth bummed me out really (laughs) didn't enjoy it and the next day i think i was just at home and this is in the days of movie pass also there was a little indie theater in dayton ohio called the neon shout out the neon yeah yeah we love the neon and i i was like looking at movies that were playing and i saw ghost story and i was like oh i like these actors and it's a24 so i'm guessing it'll probably be pretty good and i rode my bike over to the theater to see it now little more backstory my grandmother had like just passed away Mm. and I had just moved from being a part-time employee to where I was working to being a full-time employee. I was in the process of moving into a new apartment also. So it was just kind of like a pretty heavy time in my life. And I saw this movie and it just like, it felt like David Lowry made the movie like just for me. Mm. Like it was a Mm. present that he gave me to help me kind of process what I was going through but in a way where the movie wasn't telling me what I was going through. It was just kind of presenting these sort of vignettes and these just scenes that seem mundane, but when you look at them through a slightly different lens, all of a sudden you kind of see the beauty in the ordinary and I think just how much life there is all around us at all times. And yeah, just I think it's what I needed. And every time I revisit it, I, I get something different from it. Yeah. And mm. yeah, I it's just really I've since I saw it in the theaters, I've thought about this movie every single day since seeing mm. it. So for like four years, this movie I've been unable to get it out of my head. So yeah. Do you feel like there's a and something you're trying to answer when you return to it, if you it's that's stuck in your craw that way, or is why it... do I like this movie? <laughs> well, well, and I guess we'll get into it, but 
it's one that because people know that I like movies, or I was like, "What's your favorite movie?" And most of the time, I'm like, "It's a ghost story," but you, you probably shouldn't watch it because it's a lot. <laughs> and we'll get into this, but <laughs> it's not like a, I'm gonna sit down with like a big like thing of popcorn and a, and a soda. It's like I'm gonna sit down with my like pen and my paper and like try to figure out what's going on. So I think those are my favorite kind of movies. Movies where I can like mm. really like dig in and. I get to do the most digging with this movie, I guess. So I think that's why, that's really why I like it so much. It is nice. I will say, um, I do a lot of um, YouTube skimming to see what other people say about movies that we talk about on the podcast. This is one of those movies where the the dialogue surrounding the movie is pretty sparse, right? And hit and miss y'all so it's it's interesting when you have to do the work yourself of like all right you can't lean on someone else's opinion about a ghost story (laughs) there's not a lot of really fleshed out takes on it so i really like that it's it's a movie that provokes discussion but i don't think anyone's really easily walking away with and this is what a ghost story was about y'all nailed it yeah and honestly zach when i would hear you say things like but you shouldn't watch it I always thought you were hedging your bets a little bit and, you know, but now that you've given us some context, some backstory, and now that I've seen the movie, that response makes perfect sense to me. So I, and I'm a firm believer in the situation in which you see a movie, like what is going on around you in your life at that time can make a movie hit harder, can make, it, it really can color your relationship with a film. And I right. think this, I, I feel like I have the complete picture now, you know, because right. even as I was watching yeah. it this time through, I'm like, this is Zach's favorite movie. Like, it's <laughs> not, not, and not, yeah. and yeah. I no, absolutely I don't mean that as like, I thought it was bad. I do not mean that. I was just like, man, right. like, I just don't see myself rewatching it a ton. There's just, you know, some things I was thinking about, like, wow, this is Zach's favorite movie. You know, that's all. Mm -hmm. When Zach and I say you shouldn't watch the movie that we like, it's for completely opposite (laughs) reasons. Zach is presenting you like a really fancy steak with an interesting like sauce on it. And I'm like, this is a piece. Yeah, this is a piece of nasty chicken. I love Big Fat Liar. (laughs) I love Good Burger. Big Fat Liar. You probably shouldn't watch it. It's a bad movie. Big Fat Liar. (laughs) That is a deep cut. Big Fat Liar is a great movie. (laughs) Yeah. It's not a deep cut oh for me, Brandon. Word. It's that always on just... the tip of my tongue. Really? <laughs> always. Yeah, I'm not surprised. It's always not ready surprised. to be dropped into conversation. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, we dropped a question on Facebook, and we wanted to know what your favorite A24 films were. Are. You did not let me down, Facebook. You did no, not let me down. Lots of chit-chat. I was ready to yeah. be let down, too. And lots of chit-chat. I'm wrong. I was wrong. Well, this is... I feel like... I don't think A24 is just for, like super fancy film people anymore. Sure. Like I feel like everyone's Plus, into yeah. it. The real, lounge, that our patrons, the real lounge is a very yeah. elite They're group. cool. It's select a select group. We've got some yes. some film some film uh snobs in this group, I can tell. Yeah, I can yeah. what did what did people what did people say? Well, uh, a couple people posted some some gifts. Hannah posted one from eighth grade, correct? Eighth grade? Yes. yes. Hannah Furman. Uh, Incredible. Which yeah is a great one. That's one of the few I've seen. I loved eighth grade. Really? It, it's one of, yes, I Why have did, seen it. Yeah. Why did you see it, Brennan? Just out of curiosity. Um, heard you guys talk about it and mm. it popped up cool. on some, one of my streaming services. So I figured I'd give it a go. I always hold your recommendations in high esteem. So 
Um, it was definitely one of the most uncomfortable viewing experiences I've ever had, but it was very yes. good. Very good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Man, I rewatched that scene recently between the father and the main character of eighth grade Ooh. at the end where he says, if you could see yourself the way I mm. see you. And sobbed. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a great. It's a great movie. Yeah. Christopher Boges. Is that how you pronounce Bodges? it? Bodges. Bodges. Sorry, yeah. Chris. Can we keep? No, can we keep in Bogus? <laughs> Christopher Bogus posted a, a gift from Ladybird. Absolutely. Yes, ah, I have not. I have not yeah. seen Ladybird. Very, very good. Very well written movie. Um, is it widely considered? Greta is it widely considered a 24s best film, or is that just? Oh God! No. A twenty four has such a wide variety okay. of films that I feel like of incredibly yeah. well regarded. Yeah, so I like, just, well, I'm that. like. I think Ladybird might be. I don't want to say the most accessible for a wider audience because I just. I would agree with. Yeah, that. I, I don't know, okay. but I mean, it's very. It's a very like. It just feels so natural. Like it feels so yeah. real. Yeah. It's like a great coming of age movie. It's like I I think of Ladybird as like Juno, but if Juno weren't insanely stylized yeah. and kind of twee, mm-hmm. like it's just. But it's still a really affecting coming of age movie. Right. Jimmy Funky Fresh Hughes. Woo! Sight. We love you, Hereditary, and he said that Ooh. was the one that put him on the radar for him. Good. Mm-hmm. Hey, good, uh, Jimmy. Good movie. Good. Thank you for lighting the torch for the scary ones. Yeah. Thank you, Jimmy. <laughs> uh, Noah Heisinger, Lady Bird, and then he mentions First Reformed and Uncut Gems, mm-hmm. which is my personal favorite. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, also, one of my favorites, Good Time. Good Time. Uh, also, great. Safety, also A24. We love Good Time. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've got there. Honestly, they've made a lot of good and movies. There are some <laughs> on here that I didn't even know were a twenty-four films. Like what? Uh, well, um, Room, Ex Machina, both of yeah. those are. So, <laughs> I honestly, <laughs> I guess I wasn't quite sure when a twenty-four kind of got rolling as a company, like as a studio. Yeah. So those seem. Well, Matt Chamberlain said Tusk, and that blew me away because yeah. I that. I think is a little bit of an outlier yeah. in their filmography because mm-hmm. Tusk is kind of a grotesque horror movie. Yeah, it ain't, it's not, it ain't for me. It ain't for me either. I, and I don't think it really fits in nicely with the rest of their filmography. No. So they've been doing it longer than you realize. Yeah. Um, but somehow they've carved this niche as kind of the hot name and um, off the, you know, beaten mm. path movies. Yeah. And finally from Kayla Fanoff, last black man in San Francisco. Which is very is that good. Newer, newish, newish. Yeah, okay, I think a couple it was, of years. Yeah, gotcha. Um, you know what blew me away? Uh, by the way, um, when we were talking about doing a ghost story, I thought this movie in my head was like six, seven, uh, eight years old. It's only four years yeah, old, man. and I think that's because it's a movie that's like indelible. Yeah. Like it leaves you like it feels like you've seen it your whole yeah. life. Can I can I throw one more uh, out there that um, I didn't see anyone bring up, but it's absolutely incredible? Is Moonlight. Yes, if you haven't man. seen that movie, like see it. If you're a if you're a dude, especially, um, and you want to unpack some of the effects of tos- toxic masculinity in your life in a really hel- helpful way, Moonlight is a beautiful, beautiful film. Gosh, yes, um, yeah, and great soundtrack. Absolutely. Yeah. So, ghost story, like we said. Uh, not a lot of information about the movie online. Lots of you could walk away with uh, from this film thinking any number of things. So, wh- what do we feel like this movie is actually about? 
impermanence. <laughs> That's my one word answer. Mm. You want me to give a little more? Yes, please. <laughs> I think it's about cyclicality. It's about it's about like you know, I love this idea uh, in the that monologue scene that's being expressed, right? Of like, we create, sometimes we have children, and I'm not saying ideally, but I'm saying people do do this, to leave something beyond yourself, right? When you're gone, right? And if you pull the magnifying glass back far enough, everything you've ever known and everything we've ever loved and everything that's ever existed will go away right like that is the nature of the universe so um there's a beauty in impermanence and i think uh that's something i take away from Mm. the movie there's a lot of things i take away but that's a big one yeah my big takeaway from the movie is my one word answer is is love and because in that monologue that mitch is referring to the opening character the character says well let's take love out of the equation and then goes on this whole speech about like everything that we love is going to die everything you know really when you think about it doesn't have much meaning if you don't believe in x y or z and you see in the movie that there is this you know marriage and it has normal struggles and it has highs it has lows mm-hmm. but there is love there and you know it's kind of that's what is the most important because again, whatever you create, eventually people might forget about it. And also I think loving what you do, like um, the main character like creates this song that Mm -hmm. his wife is able to listen to when he's gone and remember the love that she has for him or just this house that he's loved so much that, and I think it's not also like love is beautiful, but sometimes love makes us do things that are like, kind of unhealthy. Like we see the ghost when a new family moves in, he just starts destroying the house out of a sense of obligation for like, well, this is mine. And I think the movie, you know, really cleverly talks about when love becomes possessive in an unhealthy way. But overall, I, I do think that that's my big takeaway from it is that like a life without love really doesn't have much meaning to it. Ooh, you know what that reminds me of Mm. Zach is that line in that Frank Ocean song, uh, Godspeed. I let go of my claim on you and it's a love song, but it's like, um, I don't own you, that kind of idea. And I think that is something that repeats in the movie, even like in that monologue, like he talks about artists, Right. right? Like he talks about like Bach or Beethoven. Right. And you can't help but think about that effect on, Casey Affleck's character who spent obsessively his time, you know, while he was alive creating mm-hmm. art, often you see in the beginning of the movie to the detriment of his relationship with Rooney Mara, you know, he's so obsessed with making this electronic music, <laughs> he's not present for his relationship. Right. Um and you know, I think that leads to the anger we see um the ghost, you know, expressing in his tantrums cuz um it wasn't really for anything, right? right? Like, you know, it was, it created something beautiful in its moment, but it doesn't. And actually, let me rephrase that. I don't, I'm not saying it doesn't mean anything, but it doesn't persist. Right. And I think really what the film is getting at is the beauty, the beauty is not this goes beyond and lasts forever. That's not what the beauty is. The beauty is we make it for now right. and we love for right now. Yeah. You know, that's a that's a powerful message mm-hmm. to me. Right. Yeah. And and I think what I love so much is the scene where he like goes back in in time and sees like there's this family that was here before he was there. So it's kind of this sense of like, yeah, like someone was always in your space and in there. your area mm-hmm. before you were. And, you know, those people, even though they didn't have much, they they had each other, right? So, 
And then one of the things that I, I think is so cool, I'd really be interested to hear your thoughts on this. I really like that when they when he gets to the point where he's watching him and his wife explore the house when they first move in, and mm-hmm. like he plays the piano and then goes and stands in the kitchen, and you just get the sense like the realtor's off on the phone. You get the sense that like Rooney Mara has run through the whole house already and just kind of like made her decision. And you see that he's like kind of stopped to smell the roses for a minute. And I think it's it's interesting because the movie almost seems like it's like you really need to stop and you know appreciate the things in your life. And I don't necessarily think that that's what it's saying. I think it's saying the things that are meaningful for you, like take stock of that, you know? It reminds me of the quote at the beginning of the movie, um, the Virginia Woolf quote, right? That says every new morning for you or something like that, every new beginning for you is, you know, comes at the closing of a door for something else. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that I think is a, is a gorgeous idea. I mean, like when you think about life, you know, being born, like life is born out of death. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, flowers are born out of death, you know? Um, things have to end for other things to begin. And that can be sad, but it's also okay. I mean, let's be clear. A ghost story is a sad movie. It's a very, very, very sad movie. I'll never forget when I showed it to you, Mitch, and then afterwards you looked at me and you're like, why did you do this to me? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It hurts Uh, me so much. Brandon, how did you... This was your first watch through, yeah? It was, yeah. And I will say I knew nothing about the movie before i watched it which i'm glad i'm glad that i was able to watch it kind of with a you know clean slate and um i I will say i left the movie with maybe more questions than answers but i think Mm -hmm. the one thing you know and i and i mentioned this before i feel like people it's very much to me uh this movie is very much a rorschach and i feel like people can take away different things from from the film Mm um i think what I take away is a movie about grief and loss and how we process that. I think the film transcends that. Like it, it does deal with that at one point and it moves past that. But I think that's the parts that stuck out to me the most. And, you know, I will say the one thing I did know about it, about this film was the, the pie scene, Zach. And I've heard you mention that before and it was very uncomfortable to watch, but very powerful. And I think I think it it made it made me uncomfortable, but that was like peak grief and 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 processing yeah. and just yeah. well, just learning to uh, not maybe not even learning just just trying to process. Well, David Lowry says that the point of that scene was to teach the audience how to watch the movie, you know, because he was saying like the scene maybe does go on too long, but then you know you kind of find yourself like almost looping back around to to it. And, um, you know, for me, one of the things I like about the pie scene so much is prior to the scene, there's a seat, there's a note that comes from one of her friends that says, sorry for your loss. And then let me know when I can call the painter for an estimate. And I think that, you know, a lot of times when our friends are going through grief, the easiest thing to do is sometimes just like say sweet nothings in a way like sorry for your loss or like you know praying for you or whatever and to not really sit with people in their grief ghost story forces you to sit with Rooney Mara in her grief and for you to because as the audience you kind of want to like all right let's get on with the movie like thanks but it makes you stop and go oh no 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 this isn't a movie about like getting on it's about processing Mm -hmm. and sitting in emotions with with people yeah 
I think that's an interesting thing. You mentioned before you would consider this movie to be like a series of vignettes mm-hmm. almost, kind of. right? Because that is sort of uh, something that Lowry does is he kind of decon- deconstructs like a traditional um, act structure for a movie, right? And he's kind of just saying, we're going to sit in this moment, we're going to sit in that moment. And I think, again, that contributes to this idea of cyclicality that I was right. getting at, right? Of like, it's not a traditional rise and fall. Yeah. There definitely is an emotional catharsis, but it really is more of just these moments and then they repeat and they come, they ebb and flow. There's something about that I really like. Uh, obviously, though, I think we all would agree, probably, right, that it's also very challenging. It is. Yeah. Uh, pacing, right? Like, it it asks a lot of the audience mm-hmm. because it is so slowly paced. Right. Um, but I do think uh, that those decisions that Lowry made to pace it that way and to make you to sit and to make the movie ebb and flow that way contribute towards the thematic nature of the cyclicality of time and living and dying and grief and loss and all those things. Well, is this film actually good or is it maybe too pretentious to be good? What do we think? (laughs) That that is a good question because I think like Mitch was saying, it is a movie that is not, I'll use the term user-friendly, yeah. Like it it really like there's barely any dialogue. There's a lot of looking at nothing happening. And I mean like looking at like just a still frame in the movie. There's a lot of that in this one. So if you start this movie and you're like this is boring, I get it. You know what I mean? I I understand. Right. And it's one that like when I watch it I it's not one I can just pop on anytime. I need to be intentional about today. I'm watching a ghost story. I'm gonna oh, 100%. Yeah, I'm locking up my phone yeah. in the other room, and I'm like dedicate. I'm making sure like no one's gonna show up at the apartment. No one's gonna call me. Like that, I can just sink my teeth into this movie for ninety minutes, and then probably the probably the rest of the day, honestly. So it, in that way, I think the movie isn't very accessible, but I also don't think that's its goal. So that being said, I don't feel like it is pretentious because it also doesn't have that sense of like, if you don't like this movie, you're stupid. It has a sense of like, we know our audience is small. The movie was only made for $100,000 and it was made with David Lowry and his friends. So is that there is that sense of like, it is made for a niche audience mm-hmm. and with intentionality. Here's what I think. I don't think the movie's pretentious. I think a lot of the viewers are probably kind of pretentious yeah. and that's what can turn me yeah. off. Like I I'm of a, a split mind on this because I think you look at a movie with this really unique aspect ratio love it um, love it and rounded mm-hmm. edges, right? And all that kind of stuff, right? And I think there are people who are like Get off your high horse, David Lowry. <laughs> Who do you think you are? Oh, this is the Pete's gosh. Dragon guy. Chill out. <laughs> and and honestly, I, I think that's ridiculous because like if we can't allow artists to play in their medium, yeah. what do we want them to do? Right? Like if he's always wanted to make a movie like that, go make a ghost story. That's dope. I think though there are people out there and i'm not including zach in this category because zach loves this movie but i think there are people who are lying to others and themselves about liking things like this a million percent agree i love like it's honestly it's like the people are like i love (laughs) tofu you know kombucha more than and i'm just like sure you do all right sure you do but you're telling me you don't want a hamburger right now and that's how i feel about a ghost story i'm like i you probably do intellectually appreciate it but 
Big Fat Liar hits different. We all know it. <laughs> Big Fat Liar hits different. We well, even just it. going like, and I don't want to use the term toe-to-toe. I just can't think of anything better. Like, we've only talked about Brandon's favorite film. Shawshank Redemption is a movie that I feel like, you know, Mitch, you said a 14-year-old girl and like a 70-year-old man can watch the movie, and both of them are, are going to enjoy it yeah. at some level. Mm-hmm. I watched this movie, the second time I watched it, it was with Mitch's parents and sister, and they hated it. Yeah, and I and I got it. Like I was sitting there, like I under I understand exactly what you're talking about. And Mitch, I think you're totally right. There is kind of a sense. I think when you watch a movie like that, where you're like, oh, like I've heard a lot of like similar movies existing back in the day. Well, I guess I better like really champion this film so people think I'm smart. Like I I do think that there is that thrust too. Yeah. I said Shawshank is a, a glass of Coke. This is a glass of kombucha. Mm-hmm. Yes. That sums it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? I, so that's up to you. And I love kombucha. Do you want it? <laughs> and there you go. And I want I also Diet love Coke. Diet Coke, too. But yeah. Yeah. This is a absolutely. cup of matcha tea. Let's get, let's get, it's, it's, okay. it's very, it's very niche, I think. And very. I, you know, I feel mm-hmm. like, I feel like I am the person who, would watch this and and maybe get turned off by it. Like it's just it's just yeah. enough off kilter for me to be like, no, no, thank you. You know, not get like angry. I will say it is beautifully shot and directed. It, Absolutely. It's a, it's a uh, gorgeous yeah. film. No one can deny that. Absolutely the no one. The score also is score, incredible. The score is amazing. Yeah. Um, certain scenes really grabbed me. I'll say the scene when he's playing music mm-hmm. for her really grabbed me. Um, yeah. There's there's a couple of those. I think though I think though if you're able to get your busy mind to just slow down for a second. Yeah. And mm-hmm. just try to process something that isn't a hundred miles an hour. You know? Like just take a breath and and try to think about the film. Just try to think. I think a lot of people, me included, don't want to think when we pop a movie on. Like I watch movies to be entertained, to escape yeah. escapism. I've talked about that a lot. Like this yeah. is not that. This is a dose of reality. This is, you know, deal with this. This is this is very right. much. This very much puts, you know, um, heavy heavy life front and center. And I think that's that's just not something I can do all the time. Can I do it once in a while? Absolutely, yeah. I can because yeah. I do like to think. Also, I, I want I want the intellectual exercise to be part of my life. I like that in entertainment. Also, yeah. it's just you know I'll just I'll probably give this one a little break now. You know, like it's not right. it's not right. that I, right. I I think it was a very good movie. It's just you know not the way in which I always enjoy movies. Yeah, I think it would be different if like. David Lowry were getting online and he's like, I can't believe people don't like it. Sure. Like yeah. that, that would yeah. frustrate me because he is, I mean, challenging us. Right? right. But I don't, I don't see him doing that. You know, he's made a movie and it's really, it's up to the viewer how you, you know, I love what you said, Brandon. It is a Rorschach kind of thing. What you bring to it and how you approach it is completely up to you. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This isn't the most appropriate uh, analogy, but it reminds me of someone describing like their church experience growing up. They attended a congregation where it was like we would go and we would preach on half a verse for three hours, and we would just talk about holiness for three right, hours, right. right? And the idea being like, that is a complicated idea, and we are just going to drill into that one idea that's quixotic and hard to get around, and we're going to drill down to a, a place where like, 
the baker down the street can get at a, a grab at a small part mm-hmm. of that idea. Right. It's not again the most apt analogy, but in a way, when a movie like this makes me sit with an idea like death and permanence, like these are hard to grasp, not super tactile themes, right? Like it's it's kind of quixotic. Yeah. Um, I do think slowing the pace down and making the audience actively um you know what i mean press in this way mm-hmm. is an interesting exercise um rather than like a lot of other movies that tackle these themes in a very broad yeah. way um that make me very emotional but i don't know how much i'm actually asked to reflect yeah yeah i agree i think we've hit on this a little bit but are there any other reasons why you guys think this movie may be so polarizing um i don't know if there was anything additional to add here well, I think for for me, there was <laughs> this is gonna sound ridiculous. I, I'm acknowledging that up front. I had genuine fear though when this went to Netflix because I was like, Oh yeah, this is a movie that like people are gonna see, oh, ghost story, oh, A twenty four. And if you're th- and honestly, if you're thinking about directors like, oh, David Lowry, he's done like some some like live action Disney movies that have been pretty good. So I think that, you know, if you don't know what you're getting yourself into, it can be a very frustrating experience. And I think that's, you know, the people who have like watched this movie and talked about it in some capacity, and I'm kind of using uh, letterboxes, maybe my uh, barometer. Yeah, my barometer. <laughs> There's people who are just like, this movie is amazing. This is beautiful. And then our friend Noah Heisinger from Secondhand Film Critics, his review is the dude really thought he was doing something. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, and so that's the thing. I, I get it. I just, I think it does boil down to, you know, are you willing to do what the movie asks of you? Mm-hmm. And if you're not willing to, I, I get it. Is a movie like this maybe asking too much? Possibly. I would maybe frame yeah. it differently. Like, are you willing to do suggests to me at least that like the right response is it is right. Good. No, no, no. I get where, that. but I get yeah. what you're saying. You're expressing like, do you have an interest? Yeah, yeah, in yeah, yeah. Engaging with art that way is that you know? Because I agree. I I think the movie is punishing. Yes. I really, it really like this last time actually was kind of harder for me to get in than the first time sure. I watched it because I was alone. Um, and you know, the pie scene is notorious, but I said to Zach before we jumped on all the other scenes where we sit and watch something for two minutes or 90 seconds, that is also punishing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We're not used to that. Um, and I didn't find it to be the most enjoyable experience. I was like, Oh gosh, that come on, you know, like do something. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Blow up. Something needs to blow up. Uh, Paul Giamatti (laughs) needs to come out and be blue. Where is Paul? (laughs) Where is Paul? Uh, Um, but but, but, yeah. you know, once you, you know, continue to engage, then something happens on the other side. It's like meditation or something. You know what yeah. I mean? Like something will happen and you will feel connected to the earth around you, but you're going to hate it mm-hmm. for a while. <laughs> you know? Well, it's, it's funny because, like, I feel like just as you get used to the fact that no one's talking in the movie, just as you're like on board and you're like, all right, this is sunken. Then there's like a five minute monologue <laughs> where, yeah. and you're all of a sudden you're just like, what? I'm sorry. What? So I, right. I think there is a little bit of a, it, it's a pretty shocking movie also. Yeah. The monologue scene. We um, all know that guy, right? We all know that guy. We, some, we all know someone. I uh, I loved when I, when I, I watched the second time I watched it was with, uh, Mitch and Jimmy. And, uh, 
Jimmy at the end just went, who invites this guy places? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to leave. Mitch, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. Mitch, you wouldn't. The, the lady literally, and Hannah, I watched this with her. She pointed out to me that like someone says, I want to write a book. And the guy's monologue is, oh, you want to write a book, huh? Well, useless. useless. Hey, what a, what a useless exercise. You are not that guy. <laughs> Way to shout into the void, huh? <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> well, one of the things we talked about... Um, that this movie deals with is is grief, and uh, I'd like to know: Do you guys feel like a movie like this is helpful to an audience struggling with grief, um, or is it just too different, too weird? Maybe. I think Zach and I may have different responses to this, and that's okay. And I don't, I'm not putting words in your mouth. I don't know. Um, just based on your comment before, though, Zach, where you said. Um, Something you've experienced a frustration with, uh, and I've experienced this too, is people offering, um, you know, banal platitudes like, hey, like, if I can pray for you, whatever I can do. I actually, now that I've aged a little bit, right, I understand when someone is going through that experience and you're on the outside of it, there doesn't feel like much you can do often, right? Like, you feel powerless. How do I help? Often that is all you can do. And I think, at least personally, my feeling on that is better to say something than nothing. Yeah, sure. Always. Always. Be there in some way. Right? Um, I think a movie like this um, is not a banal platitude. It's not a general, rosy, glass of Coke kind of movie about life and death. So it isn't going to make you feel better about those topics. Will it give you an interesting maybe helpful perspective about those topics? Yeah, I think absolutely. But I think it's probably dependent on what kind of person you are. So for someone like me, um, I think the intellectual exercise actually is really helpful because the way that I process these types of feelings and emotions is to think about them. I think and think and think and think and think, and then I go to sleep and I eat and I think some more. Um, But for others, it might not be helpful just because this isn't how they process their grief. So... I definitely would not recommend this, Zach, as you've said, to like everyone, but it could be an interesting thing to offer someone who maybe mm. um, it could, you know what I mean, has a different um, mm. way of working through their grief. Yeah, I, I think for for me, and this is going to get a little personal here for a minute, at, after the passing of my grandmother, I I didn't cry, and, you know, mm. I didn't really, you know express myself in that way and prior to watching the movie there was a big sense i'm like why am i not crying why am i not like you know furious why am i not like you know going on these long drives and and being super angry about it like am i broken is there something wrong with me and then watching the movie and noticing rooney mara kind of does the same thing like when she's literally at her husband's like deathbed and she has to put the the sheet over him she doesn't cry and but i felt that she was like emotional that she was grieving and like the pie scene like i sobbed in the theater because i i just had a moment i was like no like the way that i grieve like works for me like it's mm-hmm. not about me doing what other people are doing or grieving for other people like this is me yeah. like dealing with the legacy of this person who i loved in my own like subconscious and them living on in my memory and I don't know, the movie just, like, really freed me up to, like, feel 
not to feel what I needed to feel, but to feel okay feeling things the way that I was feeling them. Yeah. Mm. It's like representation for yeah. a type of grief that maybe movies don't often show. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I, agree. I feel like most movies with grief, it's like someone slamming their fists yeah. and shouting. Um, yeah, I was struck by that this time, too, with the transition scene um, when she puts the sheet over Casey Affleck. She doesn't really emote. Mm-hmm. You know, um, thank you for sharing yeah. that. Song. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, yeah, it's, I'm very, David Lowry, if you're listening, thank you, thank you for this film. And I think, and I think the important thing to remember is that there is no wrong way to deal with grief or, or right. like your version of how you deal with grief is not wrong because it's different. And I think because that's true, I would be hesitant to offer anyone um like an outlet or a solution mm-hmm. or something to read or watch mm-hmm. just because everyone deals with grief differently yeah. and a ghost story you yeah. you say hey you you know say say you know someone who is really grieving and you say hey please watch this i would just be nervous that they would maybe not take the right things or helpful right. things out of a movie like this yeah. you know it's just it it, it is important to grieve it's it's also important to find uh, the way that's most helpful for you, and yeah. I think Zach, th- this is I, you, t- you. I'm so thankful you shared that, but it makes perfect sense to mm-hmm. me. You are someone right. who would absolutely grieve th- with, like, through a movie with a mo- with the aid of a movie. Like, feel like that is right. something that would yeah. absolutely really help help you. That being said, I would not offer up movies to you just because you, you know, that's yeah. something that's personal. That's something you would need to find yeah. on your own. Um, and so I don't know. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a little bit of a mixed bag for me. Well, and I, I yeah. think the other thing too, oh, part of the reason I'm so, if I'm being completely honest, part of the reason why I'm so hesitant to recommend it to people is because this is also a very easy movie to dismiss. You know what I mean? Like, it's very sure. easy to, like, no one was talking. It was boring. I didn't like it. It was stupid. You know what I mean? Like, it's very easy to, like, just kind of leave it at that. So, you know, so for me, and, you know, I get, like, we, I've grown up a little bit now where I'm like, okay, like, that doesn't make my experience less valid or it doesn't mean that it doesn't mm-hmm. mean something to me. But there is a big sense, like, you know, when you're letting people know about this movie who maybe it would be helpful for them, I think there is also, you know, the potential that they go through something like this, they watch it and maybe want to share it with another relative and they're like, you know, and they could just dismiss the movie as, well, it's it's stupid or it's boring or I didn't like it. So I think that when movies can feel so personal, that's sometimes why where maybe, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but maybe the void between... You know, the people who think it's too it's too weird, and the people who will actually you know watch this and find something of you know substance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I almost feel like on this topic there is no good answer. Right. <laughs> there is no good. You know, um, the thing that helped me and the thing that helped you, like through a hard patch, there is no one size fits mm-hmm. all, right? right? There is, mm-hmm. you know, it might not be the thing. Because in the same way you're describing, right, like this movie helped mm. you. I feel like many people in my life have said this scripture verse helped right. me, right? And when I receive that from them, it isn't helpful. Right. Um, but 
it's well intentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think um, I hear what you're saying, Zach. I think it's funny because prior to this conversation, if I'm being honest and transparent with you as my friend, I think um, th- I perceived like when you were hurt by people dismissing the the movie as you being precious, right. um, and I was maybe being unfair. Whereas, you know, when something is deeply meaningful to you personally um, and you think it could be um, valuable to other people's lives, yeah, I, I understand now that it, it can be hard to watch it just bat it away without and, – and the intention that you sharing that with someone not being honored and respected in the same way that, like, if someone gave me a scripture verse and I was like, Psh, stupid, right, yeah. like, that would – That'd be hurtful, yeah. right? You know, I thought I was trying to, you know, extend something personal that, you know, you might take some value out of. Yeah. So I appreciate you sharing mm-hmm. that today. It helped me to understand you and the movie, but especially you, my friend, a lot. Oh, I appreciate that. And also, I will say, like, I've read full-length, like, articles from people who did not like the movie. And, and yeah. But even something like that, it's like, well, thanks for thinking about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, like, thanks for, like, right. forming Engaging your thoughts in a way it. that you yeah. can – Yeah, in a way that you can yeah. present it to me. And it's like, I don't necessarily agree with that or see what you see. But, Brandon, like you said, it's a Rorschach. Like, everyone who watches mm-hmm. this movie is going to see something different. And I love that, you know? Yeah. Like, that. those are my favorite yeah. movies to talk about. And, you know, like, yeah, that's – why I love this movie so much. Real quick before we wrap up, if if this is a weird movie, I think that is the the given in this in this next question. If we're calling this, it, it is. If we're calling this a weird movie, why are we kind of col- the collective we? Why are we so um, hesitant to engage with weird stuff? You know what what makes this something? That we don't, um, that we aren't attracted to, just right off the bat. I, I think, and this is not a perfectly formed thought, but I think there is kind of a sense of I can't, like Mitch was saying, I can't like tofu and you know chicken nuggets. <laughs> I can't like that. You know what I mean? It's like I used to really enjoy watching the Marvel movies, but now I saw this movie. Uh oh, am I not supposed to like? you know, these big popcorn movies anymore. So I think for some film viewers, there's like, well, am I like only going to watch stuff like this? Am I only going to watch stuff like this? And I think like there's room for everything, you know, for if you want to watch it, like you engage with what you want to engage with and what speaks to you speaks to you. But I do think that sometimes there is a sense of like, I need to pick a side. Like, do I want to watch these kind of weird, more obscure movies? Or do I want to, you know, go... Friday night and enjoy the big loud I know Mitch doesn't like when I say loud but the big crazy like blockbuster <laughs> movies and I think you can do both I, I, that's yeah. kind of my big thing for everyone mm-hmm. yeah I think for me and, and and it really comes down to what do I use movies for I think that is literally the only question I ask when I think about what kind of movie I'm going to watch I think you know, and I have I have three kids. They keep me on my toes. I am, they run me ragged. I'm not gonna, you know, sugarcoat it. I use television and movies to decompress, to escape. Not not as, that sounds terrible. I, I don't use it to no, escape. I, yeah, I think sure. I just use yeah. it as an outlet. Um, I want yeah. a a hypothetical or a theoretical big bowl of ice cream at the end of the day. I I don't want something 
that I'm really gonna have to like chew on and work with. It's just, I'm exhausted already. I don't want to exhaust myself any further. Uh, That being said, I'm so happy when I am forced to watch movies like this because (laughs) I, I deprive myself from uh, of the intellectual exercise that this movie offers, I I, I consistently deprive mm-hmm. myself of the, of these kind of exercises, and I and I love them, I enjoy them, and this is really my closing thought. I think everyone should take time for this. I think this is important. Yeah. You know, you need you need the uh, the the move the big bowl of ice cream, but also. You need to experience some of the different works of art in the film genre. You know, yeah. the the yeah. depth and breadth of film is there's so many things getting overlooked. I feel like something like a ghost story is beautiful. I think it's objectively beautiful in in some way, whether it's the filming, whether it's mm-hmm. the direction, the acting. The, there is something that everyone would find beautiful about this film. And I think it deserves a watch and it deserves like serious consideration. So I didn't Mm. plan on getting all hot aired about this, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I, I think you're right, Zach. I think there is a little bit of tribalism and camp forming happening where it's like, you liked a ghost story. Okay. You pretentious jerk. Like, you know, it's a little bit like, and I, I make those associations for sure. A hundred percent for various works of art, artists, movies. Okay. Really? You're one of these people who likes the, you know, freaking foreign movies and you don't like Marvel, like, you know, like, or whatever, you tell know, the truth. like whatever that is. <laughs> yeah. What, yeah. Tell the truth. Right. Yeah. I want to shake yeah. you. <laughs> like, come on, tell the mm. truth. You can't tell me you crave sushi. You're lying to me. I know Ooh. you're lying. I love um, sushi. But some people do. Absolutely. And some people do. And I love sushi too, but I crave pizza. Mm, sure, anyways. sure. Um, anyways. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to reset say what you just said, Brandon. But yeah, like Liv has been trying to get me to watch the before uh Link Later. Oh, movies, they're so good. Like before Sunrise. And I know they're gonna be so they're good. a lot. <laughs> I know they will be. I get home from a long day of yeah. work. And I want to watch garbage Nothing television. Love is blind. You know, like I yeah. want to watch something Gobble dumb. I actively want to watch something dumb. Um, but I know when I finally take the time to, you know, it's not putting in work, but you know, when I take the time to engage with that thing, it'll be well worth the wait. So, uh, you said it really beautifully, but I'll just say it again. Take the mm-hmm. time if you have the energy. Um, and know yourself, you know, maybe today isn't the day, but if today's the day you've got a little energy to try something new, I don't think usually in our lives, bad things follow from trying something, right. even if we didn't love it. I think, you know, it's a, it's a good posture to go through life, you know, to try new things. So give it a shot. Yeah. yeah. Zach, final thought on this. <laughs> final thought. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because all I can keep thinking is, gosh, I'm so happy David Lowry is directing the live-action Peter Pan for, for, <laughs> for Disney. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he's doing it. And so it's kind of like it gives it gives me hope. And I know that Disney can kind of, you know, chew their directors. Yeah. But I don't think people care enough about Peter Pan. So I think he might actually deliver something that I'm personally going to love. And I don't know if everybody else is going to. But I think that's okay. I think that, you know, sometimes there's movies that you watch and you realize, like, 
this really meant a lot for me. It's not going to mean a lot for everybody else, but I, again, like I would say to our audience, that doesn't make your experience less valid. Like if you mm-hmm. watch something and you feel something, you know, great, fantastic, you should, you know? But at the same time, if you want to feel something, like we've been saying, that's more relaxing and calming and soothing, like that's cool too. Um, you know, not to get scriptural here, but there's a time for everything. You know, there's a time to laugh, there's a time to cry, there's a time to live, there's a time to die. And I think with a movie like um, Ghost Story, if you're in the mood to maybe, you know, carve a few hours out of your day and really sink your teeth into something and maybe try a new experience. Cause I don't think there are a lot of movies like this. Like when I watched this, I saw like maybe things that reminded me of other movies, but I, you know, I really can't think of a movie that's, that's super similar to this. So I think if you want to go out on a whim and try something new, you might hate it, but I think you'll be glad that you tried and you might not, and that's okay. Yeah, you know. But I think yeah. that life and engaging with art is made up of uh, trial and error. And I, I think that if you've listened to this episode and you haven't seen Ghost Story, and we haven't won you over, that's cool. That's great. But <laughs> if you're listening, you're like, that kind of sounds interesting. Like, I don't know. I would say maybe take that. I don't know, and think about a time where you can more intentionally watch a film and uh, and give it a shot. Oh, 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 oh,